on Wisconsin. The Bucks have done it after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. To win it for the Packers. A dagger. Uh, did you see the new Shohei Otani contract? Did you see like the new details? I don't know. I think it was announced on Saturday. Okay. So a little bit after we recorded. So ten years, seven hundred million. Well, kind of right. Yeah, yeah. No, ten years, seven hundred million. But it's really ten years, twenty million, in that he's only making two million a year, less than Jackson Cheerio is going to make this year. <laughs> well, you know. But then he's going to get paid out the discounted rate of sixty-eight million, which I think, in accounting terms, they're expecting to be about forty-three million in today's dollars. So he's going to make $68 million a year then for the next 10 years after that. So the bullshit thing about it is there's a luxury tax in the MLB, but because they're only paying him $2 million, like he doesn't factor into the luxury tax. So deferred contracts don't count. Oh, okay. See, I kind of always wondered how like the Dodgers are, are a good example. Like they always have that high payroll and you're like, how dude? They're always like the team first in line to get. Uh, who they, do they get Glass now? Yep. So it's like they're always the team in line to get like the new big name, and you're like, how? You know, and that makes a lot of sense. They're one of the favorites to get Corbin. Aww. No, I need. Mean, remember when the NBA like came in and stopped that Chris Paul to the Lakers trade? Yep. Like I feel like they need to do that. Like if they try to get Corbin with Glass now and Shohei. That's just not fair. Do you think this is good for baseball? No, because I like the Brewers baseball. It's so bad for baseball. I feel like the whole point of this is, well, now the Dodgers are on Sunday night baseball. People uh, will tune in. That's all it's you like, need. I'm not going to tune in. I feel and like I like baseball. The leagues like think that that's good in the end. Like If you get one team loaded with stars or a few teams that dominate, I feel like in a league's mind, like that's good. Because everyone just I don't, only wants to tune in to see those teams anyway. Now you can't. And it's like, but, I don't know. If, like, if you're not in one of those huge markets, New York, L.A., whatever, then you're like, dude, what the f***? You're right. Our Sunday Night Baseball every week is going to be the Dodgers. Dodgers-Cubs, Dodgers-Cardinals, Dodgers-Yankees. Now you play everybody, so they're going to get their money's worth. Yeah, at least put them on Apple, then I don't have to watch it. Put them on Peacock. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. And we're back like Shohei Otani getting another million. It's Thurston 10. Hey, hey, you know what I was thinking about the other day? What's that? Uh, So they came out with the Reggie White documentary. Yeah. And I haven't seen it yet. Me either. I really want to. 30 for 30. But I was thinking, I'm like the Reggie White of fantasy football. Because I just keep murdering my quarterbacks. I've killed four quarterbacks this year. I had Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, C.J. Stroud, and Trevor Lawrence. It's not a good year for me. I'm the minister of the podcast, apparently. I didn't know you were ordained. I'm not, but... (laughs) Well, then I don't think you can be a minister. I think that's uh, that's the criterion. But, hey, man, somebody 
has got to lose. Have you? What's what's that looking like? Fantasy football. So I didn't make the playoffs. No, are you, you're like in if the you're losers. down four quarterbacks, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Right, right. But there is a losers bracket. How's that? Uh, so it starts this week. Oh. I need to just not go 0-2 in my next two. Also, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to play this week. Yeah. He played last week. He played pretty yeah. well, so I don't know. Maybe they should have broken his ankle a couple weeks ago. I'm in a good spot because the guy I'm playing has Austin Eckler. And if you saw that Chargers game, I work with nobody the- on offense did anything good for the Chargers. <laughs> I work with the, my boss, actually, had uh, Justin Herbert starting for him. So I saw... <laughs> Like, they were just putting in random people at quarterback by the end of the game, I think. <laughs> like, normally, you know, like when a backup quarterback plays, you're like, oh, hey, I saw this guy play for Oregon. Oh, I saw this guy play for Washington. Oh, I remember this guy. He played that one year at that school. They were just putting in random people. I was like, I don't think the people who make the jerseys know these guys' names anymore. They're, they were just putting random words by the end of the game. Like, I want to laugh at that, but at the same time, like, uh, Tommy DeVito was one of those guys that no one had heard of. Well, the Badgers had. And now the Packers, too, hey? You want to do a shot? I don't want to, but I deserve to. Only one of us had the foresight to pick the Giants. Only one of us had the... I've never been more mad about being right. Yeah, I was going to say. I I had, obviously, erroneous confidence in the Packers. Good word. Good use of erroneous. Thank you. I was wrong, and I'll take that. I think we should have been better. Should have been better. Cheers. Cheers. How sick and tired of you are seeing Tommy DeVito and his stupid agent. Like, I feel like the agent pissed me off more. Ten. Ten out of ten. We're a Tommy num- Cutlets. Is he now? Now I'm an eleven. Why you gotta do stuff like that? I used to like chicken cutlets. I haven't eaten chicken cutlets in a week. If you could only punch one of these three people in the face. Ooh, okay. Tommy DeVito, Craig Council, PJ Fleck. Who would it be? Craig Council. Okay, okay, that's a good one. Because you're going to go Tommy DeVito. I was going to go PJ Fleck. Or his agent. Or his agent. Yeah, if you said Tommy DeVito's agent, I think I'd punch him. Like, what a silly looking guy. Could you imagine if there was a stereotypical Wisconsinite? Who just oh, happened yeah. to be the third string quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, who's just out there winning football games for no reason. Like, that's literally why the people of New York like Tommy DeVito so much. Yeah, They're yeah. Like, he's stereotypically Italian. Yeah. But can you imagine there's just a guy on the sidelines drinking a spotted cow, eating cheese curds? <laughs> Big, chubby, and just running over defenders. He'd have two jerseys right here, man, you know? Like just Eddie Lacy and the funny running thing, over guys. I was just about to say, th- like thinking back on how ridiculous his agent looked, they thought that he was gonna lose because he's like, if if Tommy comes out and we look bad, all the memes are gonna be about how terrible the agent looks. Right? This guy looks hilarious. The plan was to throw some smoke on the funny looking guy, but unfortunately for us, we were worse. Well, it's kind of like what Crash Davis says in Bull Durham. When you win 20 games in the show, you can have mold under shower shoes. People think you're unique. But until then, you're just a slob. Like, yeah, if we would have lost, he looks Mm. like a dork. But he won. Also, the the master of doing that, the master of deflecting, was Tony La Russa. Like, the Brewers would beat the Cardinals. And then all of a sudden, Tony La Russa would be like, they're changing the signs on the scoreboard and all this, like, (laughs) stupid shit. 
Like, yeah. we didn't hit the ball either. Shut up. Like, <laughs> we, I'm sorry that you guys lost. No, Matt. F*** you, you guys lost. But, like, stop, like, deflecting. Or you'd be like, they're untucking their shirts at the end of the games. That's offensive to the game. <laughs> like, I feel like, in a weird way, that's his agent. Yeah, I could see it. Like I said, I think it was supposed to be a distraction. Well, it distracted the Packers' defense because not a single sack. And that's the worst offensive line in all of football. They didn't even pressure him. Like, I feel like we didn't even pressure him. Like, he didn't really have to throw a whole lot. When he did, it was no big deal. He found the guy he wanted. And then he ran all up through the middle all the time. We had nobody there until maybe it was too late, and even then, like, it didn't matter. I mean, we made him look great. It's weird because against Patrick Mahomes, like I said, people were mad about my tweet about Joe Barry. Because, like, in all honesty, the Packers' defense looked respectable against Patrick Mahomes. But then against Tommy DeVito, they looked like garbage. And in a weird way, like, I'm not mad that Tommy DeVito ran through our defense. I'm mad... That we looked like we didn't know that he could run. Like, we didn't watch a second of film on this guy. There's no possible way that we watched any film and didn't know what he could do. Like, if you watched him play against the Badgers last year, you knew that he could run. Yeah, I mean, that's all he really wanted to do, even against the Packers. You know, they didn't really want to throw it, and we had nothing for it. We were like, alright, we're going to stop Saquon Barkley, and we're just going to, you know, make Tommy DeVito beat us. And all of a sudden, it was like the first time Tommy DeVito pulled the ball and got outside. We were like, oh, shit. Like, we thought we were playing Peyton Manning in the backfield. <laughs> like, he pulled the ball and ran one time, and Joe Barry was like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in danger. I'm done. I mean, I wouldn't even say we stopped Saquon. Like, Saquon <laughs> stopped him himself. We kind of did. He stopped himself on the one where he fumbled. And, like, thank God that he tripped himself. And then after that, I remember it was on, like, the fateful drive where they win the game. Troy Aikman literally says, he's like, well, the Giants, all they do is run the ball. Who knows how they'll be able to move the football with such little time left. And then, like, Saquon runs for 20 yards. And then they throw, like, the dime down the sideline where, like, Nixon is blind. So it was like, no, they couldn't even stop Saquon, like, when they needed to. When they needed to, they could not. I also feel like they were probably trying to make adjustments at a certain point, and... Like, if you're not prepared for what they're going to do originally, it's tough to make adjustments. Because, like, originally, we, like I said, like it felt like we were like, we're going to stop Saquon. And for, like, the first quarter or so, we did okay. But Tommy DeVito was running the ball down our throat. So then we were like, all right, now we're going to stop Tommy DeVito. And Saquon started running the ball down our throat. Like, passing, he didn't pass that great against us until, like, the last drive. But, yeah, like, we looked like we had no idea what to expect. Like I said, last week, we were a young team who I think got a little bit overconfident, and I think we thought we didn't have to watch film, we didn't have to prepare for this game, because I don't think they were prepared. I mean, and that starts with LaFleur, and it definitely starts with Barry. They were obviously not prepared. And to me, like that, I, that's a glaring mistake. Because like, like you said, they're young, but to me it shouldn't be hard to motivate young dudes. You know what I mean? Like, you're here... Well, when your coach is crying on the sidelines, it might be tough, but... <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, good point. But I'm like, dude, show them the news articles from four weeks ago when everyone's calling you a bag of shit. And you know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, this team, they need to get rid of Jordan Love and fire everybody. This team is trash. Like, we're three games removed from that. 
and we're like all of a sudden think we're hot shit. And I get it. Like this could and hopefully is like a learning experience in the future, but it shouldn't be that hard to motivate young guys that were like, we're not that far removed from being bad. Like you know, three like, weeks. Yeah, three weeks don't change shit. Three weeks is preseason now. That's how long it is. Like it doesn't change anything. That should have been the message going into the game. Because the last three weeks don't mean anything. The last week never means anything. It's this week tonight, and they look like a sack of shit. Well, like I said, that's what young teams do. It's why Purdue will beat Ohio State just randomly. It's why Alabama will lose to a random team. Like, you know, young teams buy into their own hype. And you shouldn't have any hype when you're five and six or, you know, come on. If you were the coach of the Green Bay Packers, would you fire Joe Barry? Yes. I'd have fired him after the Chiefs game, and he looked good after that. So, <laughs> clearly I would have fired him. Uh, can you pull up the Packers injury report? It might take a while. I have it on scroll, and so yeah, here it is unfurling. Okay. So, we have Jair Alexander, A.J. Dillon, Kingsley Enigbare, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, Jaden Reed, Darnell Savage, to Daryl Slayton, Eric Stokes, Quay Walker, Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks. Now, out of those people, before you get too freaked out, the ones who are questionable, I'm going to do this in reverse order, Dontavian Wicks, Quay Walker, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jair Alexander, the only person who is doubtful, Christian Watson. So... Uh, Watson, not going to play. Everybody else does have a chance at playing. But how concerned are you about these injuries? Not too concerned, given that most of them are going to play. You know, I'd, li- I'd like to have Christian back. I mean, he's kind of been a little too injury-prone. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, for the liking. But I think as long as people are on the path to coming back at least, I never thought I would say this, but we need A.J. Dillon healthy because he actually looked pretty good. Recently, so he's good on you, AJ. You know, a lot of people like to shit on AJ Dillon, and I get it. He doesn't have big play potential. He's been the toughest player on the Packers for the past four years. Everybody else, like when they get a bruise, they sit out. He's been the one guy who's like, no, I'm gonna suit up, I'm gonna play. And to that, I respect it. He gets a little bit too much shit, I think, from Packers fans. And I'm here to be on the A.J. Dillon bandwagon. Wow, good for you. I'm leading the charge. I'm Team A.J. Dillon. I think I kind of hated on him, uh, you know, right here on the show. You know, not without reason. He had looked a little weak with them big old thighs. Up until, uh, I think, about the midway at this point of this season, he's really turned it on. You know, we needed that. You know who he is? He's the Willie Adamas of the Green Bay Packers in that he's a guesser. He guesses where the hole is going to be, and when he gets it right, he's okay. But sometimes, like, he just runs right into a defender, and he looks awful. All right. Uh, You saved it there with the guesser. I guess Willie Adamas is more boomer bust than A.J. Dillon. I'm sticking with it. I don't care. The one that you mentioned previously, Christian Watson... 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you salvage. And Keyshawn could be out right now. I don't really know if I care about that one. I think he hurt his brain in the last game. I think Isaiah Pacheco gave him a concussion (laughs) with that hook. He threw a haymaker at Nixon. Now we know why he didn't respond. I mean, he might have. You got to just fall on the ball there. Don't be a hero, um, but you can turn into the guy who pretty much lost the game. You know, I hate going back on one play, but in a game where all the the offenses are terrible, that turnover right there was a crucial mistake. I did see a tweet that said Keyshawn Nixon turned into Kevin King and Ty Montgomery in the same game. That's as bad as it gets. So, other one, like I said, Christian Watson, when he is on and he's playing good, he changes this offense. He did it last year, too, with Rodgers. With Love, they don't have a deep threat. They don't have a guy who's going to keep you from bringing a safety into the box if he's not playing. As good as Jaden Reed has been, as good as Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, even Tucker Kraft has been really good. But none of them are going to blow the top off of a defense. They do need Christian Watson. If you could only have one guy for the playoff run, Watson or Jones, who would you pick? Watson. Watson. I, I think I'd go Watson, too. I mean, and part of it is going back to, I think, the improvement in A.J. Dillon's game is that I think Jones is a little less pivotal to us. And, and I think you said before here a few weeks ago, is like I think we rely too much on Jones when he's in the game. Like we become disjointed because we're just trying to like get the ball to Jones any way we can. And I get that. He's a dynamic guy. But it's like we become, you know, more versatile in different places when he's not in the game. So I would say you gotta have Watson. You saw those those clutch grabs with the strong hands in the Chiefs game. I gotta go Watson there. Uh I would agree. Like I said, I think you know, you gotta look at opportunity cost. That's a business phrase. Oh yeah. With what you're losing. Like I said, like I'm leading the AJ Dillon fan club. I might be standing alone. I might be the only person on the train. But I like I think AJ Dillon can lead you to a playoff run. Like not lead you, but he's not gonna keep you from a playoff run. You know, <laughs> like when they won the Super Bowl, yeah, okay. they had James Starks. You know, they didn't have Amon Green, they didn't have LaDainian Tomlinson. They had James Starks. You don't need a great running back to be a great team. You do need a great receiver. I think Christian Watson's a little bit more important. What is your prediction for the game? The Packers, three and a half favorites, and I got a second little nugget of fun for you. I love nuggets of fun. If they win this game, 71% chance that they make the playoffs. If they lose this game... 29% 29% chance that they make the playoffs. Second nugget of fun. That's opposite. That's literally the opposite. So right now the Packers are the seventh seed in the playoffs. The Bears are the number five overall pick in the draft right now. The Bears are one game behind the Packers right now. So the Packers are one game away from being the fifth overall pick. Wow. That's how weird the NFC and the NFL in general is right now. So, what is your prediction? What time is the game? Noon at Lambeau. At Lambeau, baby. I think it's the Lambeau part, and I think we gotta be mad after that terrible, frustrating, borderline humiliating loss to Tommy Cutlets and the Giants. So, I think the Packers make a comeback in this one. 
24-17, Packers win. 24-17, I like it. Uh, so Joe Barry has been really good in his career against two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. I think for whatever reason. They're like the same players. So, basically know. the same guy, <laughs> but give me the Packers. Uh, give me 28-17. Oh, okay. So I, we're probably, I'm sorry everybody once the Packers lose. Enjoy the shot next week. <laughs> it was our fault. All right, let's talk about the Bucks. The Bucks have a rival for probably the first time in Giannis's tenure in Milwaukee. Yeah, the Bucks have a team geographically close to them. Okay, because like Boston's been a rival, Miami's been a rival. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we play Indiana five or six times a year. New Year's Day, I think. Right. We next. play them again in two weeks. We play them twice in the next two weeks. These two teams don't like each other. How do you feel about having a rival? Is it is it a distraction or is this a good thing? You know, that's a good question. I think it's a distraction. Now I don't like it. And it is what it is. You know, I wouldn't like change it, but I think the Bucks we, we have bigger aspirations. We got bigger fish to fry than some Indiana Pacers. Little ass first points in the career, you know, and wanting to start a fight. So I think it does pull our attention away a little bit from what we need to be focused on, which is uh, just trying to play the best basketball that we can and obviously trying to win the the ship in the end is the goal. Distraction, don't like it. Can I say I love it? You can say whatever you want. The past five, six years, basically since Bud got to Milwaukee, the Bucks have been really good at winning in the regular season. True. And then they have struggled when the intensity has ratcheted up in the postseason. Yeah. This is good practice for the Bucks. This is postseason level intensity. They haven't had that. They have basically turned everybody into a little baby in the Central, keeping a PC there. Cleveland tried last year, but they were never on the same level as the Bucks. You know, like, the Bulls tried a few times, but they were never, like, really good. Yeah, but the Bulls beat us, what, two times ago and the last time we went into overtime? Well, but that's the thing, though, is, like, I don't think our intensity level is high enough. I think that's more, like, the Packers overlooking Tommy DeVito. I think the Bucks are just overlooking the I don't Bulls. think the Bucks this season specifically, like, I, we're not consistent enough to just be like, oh, that was not a focus game. Like, how was it? The, the Bulls, all the games are close. Every time we don't focus, they beat us the first time. We still didn't focus. Do you think the Bucks would struggle in a seven-game series against the Bulls? Like, if the Bucks play the Bulls in, in a seven-game series, like... No, probably Bucks not, but four? the same thing is I'm not even sure. I'm not sure what I can trust the Bucks on right now. Which is weird, because they're a pretty good team, record-wise. They are. We'll get to that. Like, I don't think... If the Bucks played the Bulls in a seven-game series, the Bucks would win in four. They would. They would find that second gear that great teams find. That would be the end of it. But uh, let's get back to the original point. It's not about Bucks Bulls. Bucks Pacers. Yeah, it's it's about a rivalry in general. Uh, we thought the we thought the in season tournament was gonna give the Bucks like a taste of having to do it in crunch time, and it was the Pacers that beat us. Well, would this be a rivalry if it wasn't for the in season? No, tournament? that helped it. 
Like it that, helped it. The in-season tournament, losing to them, and then the whole fracas after the game. Like, you know, the, it was a combination. So, for I, sure. I, I but mean, I still think it's a distraction. Are you more excited, though, for the game on New Year's Day? Yeah, but I'm almost mad at it. Because I'm going to be watching the Badgers. College football all day. And college football all day. So, like, I don't even want to be excited for a basketball game on that day. Like, I'm excited about it. Like I said, I just think you practice like you play, and the Bucks played really well. And then when teams were playing heated up, intense basketball, they didn't have an answer the past few years. The past two years, I should say. I think this is a good thing. I think this will help them going into the playoffs. But even in a game like this, you have to focus on the basketball, not beating the other team ass. Well, I don't know what Giannis is focused on, but he was pumped up. Speaking of Giannis, do you think he overreacted? When? After the game. No. No, I think the Pacers overreacted. Like I said, like the little Pacers, the reason this is a rivalry is because the Pacers are like our little brother that we don't care about at all, and they feel slighted by that. And you know what? I'm not mad at that. I, you know, that would piss me off, too. I get it. Like, I get it. In baseball, I get you get the first hit ball back, but that's because there's so many balls. They use the 100 balls in baseball. You know, in basketball, he just set the career points record for the team. The dude got two points in a game, and they lost. Doesn't matter. Give the ball to Giannis. So I've tried to take a neutral perspective from this. <laughs> and I was like, well, what would I do if it was LeBron or Steph or Durant or somebody? You know, like, how would I feel if LeBron went barging into the other team's locker room? Because he just broke. Let's say the Cavaliers. Let's not say the Lakers. Because that's too right, 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 legendary right. whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Let's say he just broke the Cavaliers record. Okay. And he goes breaking in. I'd be like, bro, chill out. That's how I would feel. But Giannis isn't LeBron. He's not Curry. So I say, f*** the Pacers. Because that's my boy. And in the words of Dutch Vanderland, you're like a son to me, Giannis. (laughs) Yeah. No, yep, that's exactly in the context that Dutch Vanderland said that quote. That being said, I don't know what Giannis was expecting when he went into the Pacers locker room. Like, don't get me wrong. If I was on the Pacers and some dude from the Bucks comes walking into the locker room, you can't just give them the ball. Like, you just no. can't. No, you can't. Like, you, you gotta live with these guys after that. Right, like, you can't. Like, that's just admitting <laughs> that we're the little brother. You can never yeah. admit it, even no. if you are. No, you're you right. Can't you're admit right. It. You're right. You have to fight as hard as you can. You gotta so fight. I, I don't blame them. So, I don't blame them for fighting, but they over they did overreact. There probably should have been some diplomacy. I believe that's a Greek word. Diplomacy that could have been had. Uh, you know, a lot of things could have been avoided, but none of them were. So, f*** the Pacers. Oh, we got some fan mail. You got mail. This week, some fun fan mail, some fun mail, as some people would call it. Jim from Hewaskin wants to know if you are worried about the Bucks. Uh, I mean, like, in a playoff sense, yes. Because this season is championship or bust, right? Like, if you trade for Damian Lillard, the only way this can be a successful season is if you win a championship. Like, I don't think I'd put my money, like, I don't think I'd put my house on the Bucks winning a championship right now. So, to that extent, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Now... Is there a lot of time to figure it out? Of course. 
So I'm not worried yet in that like they're unfixable, but I am worried that they're trending to a championship level. That's what I would say. First of all, I think, and I don't want this to sound like like a concession right away. I'm like, the Bucks can't win it this year. But I feel like when you put these teams together, and no matter who they are, they could be the dream team or whatever, we take importance away from, like, chemistry and guys playing together. Like, when they put the Heat Big 3 together, like, they didn't win that first year. They lost to Dallas. And then they won after that. We'll probably be better next year. I, I don't know if I agree they're going to be better next year. I also feel like they brought in Adrian Griffin to play this really aggressive, trapping-style defense. That's what Toronto's ran for the past few years. Supposedly, he was the architect of that defense. But you just can't run that defense when you have a starting lineup with Brooke Lopez, Damian Lillard, and Chris Middleton. You know, like, none of those three guys are that type of player. Giannis is that type of player. Like, Giannis would be great in that type of defense. But they're probably going to just run it out with this group of players this year. And if they win a championship, great. But if they don't win a championship, I think they're going to blow it up big time. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to trade Giannis. I don't think they're going to trade Damian. But I think they're going to trade Brooke. I think they're going to trade Chris. I think they're going to trade Bobby, Pat, all of those guys. They're going to try to get significantly younger, and they're going to get some really aggressive, defensive-minded players and just say, hey, we think we can score enough with Giannis and Dame. I don't think we can defend enough with Giannis and Dame. we got to get these aggressive, defensive-minded players. That might be true. We Maybe we do need more aggressive-minded players, but I think – we're going, like, back to my original point is that, like, I think just because you put some really great names together on paper, like, doesn't mean that, like, like the one-year team of putting all the people together isn't necessarily going to win. But going back, am I worried to answer Jimmy Kiwaskum? No, I'm, I'm not worried yet. I still think, like you said, can a team beat us on a night? Sure. You know, but if we face the Bulls in a playoff series, do I think we're going to win? Are we going to win, you said, in a sweep? Yeah. So I think especially when the Bucks are as high as they are, they have Giannis, they have Dame, every team is going to give the Bucks their best shot. But it's like in the playoffs, the Bucks are guaranteed you got to give it your best shot. Right now in the regular season, maybe not, unless it's the Pacers, unless it's the IST, whatever. Like I normally do, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you say there's a better shot of the Bucks? winning the championship this year or a better shot of the Bucks being eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Damn you in your spot. That's a good one. I'm going to say championship. Championship. We're pretty rough right now like in the way that like I said, we're still like the Bucks are still. You wouldn't think too. they're 17 and 7 with the way that like everyone's talking about them right now, but like we said, like they can kind of lose any like random night to anybody. With the names we have on paper, Brooke and Giannis, Dame, obviously, that's not, you know, in order of importance. You have to think that we would win at least that first series. So I'm going to go with the championship is more likely than losing that first one. Well, right now you pulled up the Eastern Conference standings, not including the play-in tournament. Right now the Bucks would play the Heat. We know how that series has gone in the past. You know, like, don't get me wrong, like, I'm cheering for the Bucks, but the Heat have a better chance of beating the Bucks right now than we do of winning the championship. So, yeah, I mean, 
like to that extent, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm not. It's still a long ways. The playoffs are not played today. Well, I hope you are right and I am wrong. Let's move on. To the Wisconsin Badgers. They got their quarterback of the future. And by future, I mean one year. He's got one year of eligibility left. Tyler Van Dyke out of the University of Miami. He had a great freshman season. Do you have his numbers up for his freshman season? He had 25 TDs, 6 interceptions, all nearly 3,000 yards passing as a freshman. As a sophomore, he had 10 TDs, 5 interceptions, so a pretty big drop-off there for 1,800 passing yards. And then as a junior last year, he had 19 TDs, so a nice bounce back on the TDs. 12 interceptions, want to lower that interception number for 2,700 yards. Not a bad season last year. Not great. Yeah, what's your thoughts on Tyler Van Dyke? Is he going to lead us to the promised land? And by promised land, I mean better than Iowa. When I first heard that we got, like, the number one, he's like the number one transfer quarterback, right? Is he really? That's what I thought I heard. Everyone was looking for the Miami kid. I don't think that's true, but... How would you even Google that? We got an edit button. He's eighth, so he's a top ten guy. And so I was really excited just, like, bait on that surface level. And then we looked up his stats, dude. Like, 19 touchdowns and 12 interceptions? Seriously? Like, I don't know. He kind of sounded like we sent Graham Mertz to Florida, and Florida sent us this guy. <laughs> and I mean the state, obviously, not the same college. It's all the same to me. <laughs> Not the Seminoles, though. That's where he draws the line. The panhandles. Everything in the hang down is the (laughs) same to me. Honestly, somebody thought he was good, so I'm excited for that. If we can get more like that freshman season, I'm excited. But uh, looking at the total, man, he's a little too gunslinger. I think Wisconsin just needs a quarterback who can be a little more safe. I mean, the negative, I think, of Tyler Van Dyke, not a running quarterback, pretty much a statue. I thought Mordecai this year when he looked as Wait, fast. he doesn't run? No, he doesn't run. And he throws it to the other team? I mean, like, yeah, like, he doesn't move and he's not smart, okay? He's perfect <laughs> for the Big Ten West, RIP. If you're going to be an optimist about it, can you click on that tab? So, when he was really good as a freshman he had an offensive coordinator by the name of Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley after his freshman year because he was so good his freshman year went to SMU. He's now the head coach of SMU. He's done pretty good at Southern Methodist. He's he's kind of a Phil Longo guy. Phil Longo obviously the offensive coordinator of the Badgers. I mean you know for one year, he's only got one year of eligibility left. Why not take a chance? I think my hope would still be the Badgers uh, last year had another quarterback in the transfer portal by the name of Nick Evers. I'm hoping that he wins the starting job. I'm not confident on that. He's more the running quarterback. He's the dual threat guy. Uh, transfer from Oklahoma. He was like four string last year, but he's kind of the high ceiling guy that we have. Other than that, though, it's I got so excited about Mordecai. <laughs> I mean, yeah. See, but. we just got to get excited every time. I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe he's got some arms hailing. He just made bad decisions in Florida, which is Florida man makes bad decisions. 
That's not really a big deal. That's just what they do. I bet you like 11 of those interceptions were against the Seminoles. So, you know, what else are you going to do? All right, let's uh, pick some college football for you. We got all the bowl games for you. God, we have so many bowl games to pick. I don't know how much logic we're putting into these. Okay. Uh, Georgia Southern versus Ohio. Georgia Southern, 53% chance of winning Ohio, 46th. Ohio. Give me Ohio. Howard versus Florida A&M. Uh, Florida A&M, 11-1. I think we got to go Florida A&M. Yeah. Jacksonville State versus Louisiana. Jacksonville State, 8-4. Louisiana, 6-6. Six six. Jacksonville State. J-State. Miami of Ohio versus Appalachian State. Miami of Ohio, 11-2. Appalachian State, 8-5. Appalachian State. I was going to go Miami of Ohio. Check the win percentage. Uh, 71.4 for Appalachian State. It will be an upset, but I feel like App State is usually fast. New Mexico State versus Fresno State. Give me New Mexico State because their coach is named Jerry Kill. That's a yeah, wild give me name. Jerry Kill. UCLA versus Boise State. Uh, give me Boise because UCLA is a Big Ten wannabe. Oh, see, I liked UCLA when I was a kid, so I go them. But this way I can blame you when we're wrong. Good call. California, Texas Tech, uh, six and six versus six and six. Texas Tech, sixty-one percent chance of winning. The Techers, yeah. Western Kentucky, Old Dominion. Like I said, there's a lot of these. Western Kentucky wow. versus Old Dominion, seven and five versus six wow, and six. Gee. And Old Dominion's like I thought they were just a basketball team. I guess they not. got a sixty percent. Give me ODU. Uh, University of Texas San Antonio versus Marshall. UTSA heavy favorite. Oh my gosh. Very heavy here. You uh, go SA? South Florida versus Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse, 60% chance of winning. Take that one. You go. Cuse? South Florida. Let's Woo! go. I don't know. We got to pick an upset somewhere. Georgia Tech versus UCF. Uh, Give me UCF, bro. That's UCF, heavy yeah. favorite. Come on, man. We fly in there, right? Orlando, baby. Troy, Duke, Troy, 11 and 2. Duke, 7 and 5. Got to go Troy, right? Trojans. No one beats a Trojan. Not even a devil. Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. This one's a pick'em. Six and six, six and six, both borderline fifty-one. I hope they don't wear those jerseys. I don't know anything about Arkansas State. Arkansas State because Illinois. Yeah. James Madison versus Air Force. Oh my gosh. James Madison eleven and one. Air Force eight and four. What? But James Madison only a fifty-three percent chance of winning. Give me eleven and one. You want Madison? Yeah. Georgia State versus Utah State. I'm a, I'm a... Jordan Love, I think, went to Utah State, so give me Utah State. Southern Alabama versus Eastern Michigan. Uh, Southern Alabama, a huge favorite. We got to Yeah. Eastern used to suck. All right, two more for today. Utah, Northwestern. Utah, huge favorite. Got to go with the Utes, right? I picked against Northwestern before. <laughs> give me the Utes. Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State. San Jose State, huge favorite, 78%. Damn, I wanted to say Chanticleer. Let's go Chanticleer. Let's do it. Let's do it. Chanticleers. All right, and let's do a funsy. Last week, we had too good of a funsy, and we did not spend enough time on it. We're going to do the five best songs about drinking. We're going to draft them. So once you take a song, I got to pick a different song. Wow. And we can't do the four that we took the last week. Incredible. So you got first pick. 
Take one song about drinking. I think this song is fun to drink to. It's about drinking shots, LMFAO. That's mm. my first pick. I like that. Uh, give me the tequila song by JR. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. Oh, I like that. And you know what? I'm going to go with the tequila. Ooh. Did, 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 did. Tequila. That's the one. You're up. Give me Red Solo Cup by Toby Keith. I fill you up. And then empty it mm-hmm. uh, promptly. That is a good one. That is a good one. Um, and this one, it is about drinking. I think if you listen to it, it's a little sad. But R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. That's Margaritaville. My yeah, yeah. Wasting away again. Give me Into Club by 50 Cent. Oh, Great, great record there. Yeah. Am I up? Are we you, still picking? You're up. I said five. I think we did three each. That funky monkey, Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys. Great song. About a 40 ounce. Give me B double E double R U N B run. Don't know who it's by, but that's what I'm going with. That's a classic. It's by Todd Snyder. Everybody knows that. Todd Snyder. There you go. You know what? This one. It's another one where if you listen to the lyrics, maybe not as fun. So don't really listen to them that well. I'm going to go with the Pina Colada song. <laughs> Do you like Pina Coladas? Mm-mm. Rupert Holmes, everyone knows that one. Everybody likes it. That's my last pick. Uh, give me Have a Drink on Me by ACDC. <laughs> I knew you would. It's a great song. This has been Thurston 10. That's Marcus. I'm Jimmy. Follow us on X <laughs> at Thurston1069. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Peace. <laughs>